Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I am your host, Steve Navarra, and let's start with a question, Danny. Um, would you like to apologize for all of your Kenny Pickett slander? There, there was, don't throw me on the spot to start off the pod, but no, there was no slander. I don't think, I mean, I think objectively you can look at it and say that Mitch Trubisky was the superior quarterback last year and should have been starting and gave them the best chance to win last year. I don't think anybody can look at the product and disagree with that. And it would save Kenny from a couple concussions. I think, uh, Obviously, yeah, he looks great. I mean, I guess, not, not even great. Like he looks freaking phenomenal through three preseason games. Yeah, he's he he take a huge leap. Uh, Tomlin did not uh, the the starters did not play the entire first half of the final preseason game this year, which is a a blessing. Another step forward. But I will also say, Trubisky came out and lit up the preseason last year too, and then. The offense came sputtering out of the gate for 17 weeks. So take it with a grain of salt. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if if Kenny takes that that uh, big step forward, this team's going to be freaking competitive. Legit. Not even competitive. I mean, this is that this is a – they are entirely dependent on the quarterback. If they get good quarterback play, this team is stacked. Like, Pittsburgh is going to be a contender. I mean, I know. It's crazy. I was – I told the Tooth Fairy – a Browns fan, I said, wow, how crazy is it going to be if we go from one franchise quarterback to the next without a single gap in between the two? And the odds of that happening to any franchise are astronomical. And then it, it happens to the Steelers. She, Far she Rogers. Like, yeah, Far, Far that's Rogers, what I'm saying. The, the odds are yeah. astronomical to go back to back. Literally the year after retire retirement and we got him at pick 20 we got him at pick 20 and we will we will uh never never ever talk about the things we said on draft night kind of being <laughs> disappointed in the pick and uh that was a fucking stupid let's, thought but let's let let's let them get some uh actual regular yeah. season games before we jinx the kid yeah and his baby I, yeah. baby hands but yeah, he uh, he is no longer Jenny Pickett to me. He he has earned the K in his name again. Well, we've got a packed show today. We're gonna uh, tons of injury news. Obviously, this is the hottest part of the summer, and this is when the soft tissue injuries, after you've been banging for two weeks, to keep banging for a third week in a row, that's a lot on the body. And we're we're seeing hammies left and right. And in groins, the injury list has quadrupled, really, from last week. So we're going to get into that, cover the important fantasy offensive guys, draw of the week. College football is on this fucking weekend. And then we're going to give you our uh, win totals for NFL. So we want to do that this week. And then next week, we will be doing our seasonal prop picks. And we have, I, I believe we've been profitable two years in a row on those as a pod. So um, <laughs> I think it's actually worth listening to. Let's, anything to add before we start injury news? Get into it. And, well, and by the way, we're obviously recording this during the Steelers preseason game. And uh, 
It's pretty incredible. This is two first halves in a row with, with a shutout, and, and one being the Buffalo Bills. It's just been crazy. Um, and yeah, we'll get it. We'll, we'll be talking about the Steelers again. Um, you thought we thought you thought we talked about the Steelers a lot last year. If they end up being fucking legit, um, this might just turn into two guys talking about how good the Steelers are. For 30 minutes. Uh, okay. I digress. I got excited. Let's get into Terry McLaurin on that epic Monday night victory over the Ravens to end their silly little preseason streak. Uh, to probably turf toe, I believe. I don't know if the x-rays were presented to the public at all. Uh, turf toe can kind of linger, so you might be looking at two, three weeks if this is a, a tough case of it. So, you know, he should be ready for week one, but there is a small chance that this turf toe sets him out for a week. Uh, a, a small chance. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're just saying turf toe. I don't think there was any fracture or anything. But, yeah, it sounds like they're optimistic for him to be back. But like Steve said, even longer than two to three weeks, that's something that can that can linger. I mean, it's if it's, it, you know, it's something that you should rest, get, fixed otherwise it's going to linger for a long time into the season so i wouldn't be surprised if they hold him out for a week or two get him to 100 percent. let's let's finish up the wide receivers here <laughs> yeah, and, that type, <laughs> that type uh, a hilarious we, we've, got a, we've got a great end to our injury news segment and we will we will obviously save it for the end but danny <laughs> listed it as the second bullet point we're gonna skip ahead to jerry judy i just lat this past week picked up a bunch of puppy three shares of jerry judy and then he pulls his hammy this is what i was talking about um sh- shouldn't be a long term but um tough tough uh look for jerry judy who's the number one clear number one in a <laughs> clearly not well running offense in Denver uh you know new coach new offense it's going to take more than 3 to 4 weeks for for these guys to get in sync with each other and and learn the ins and outs of Sean Payton's um philosophies so Jerry Judy this actually I don't think impacts him a whole lot because I think they're going to be off to a slow start offensively anyway and you know if if he needs the rest for week one, but uh, undetermined right now, we don't have any to update it except uh, it was the hamstring. It could be two weeks. It could be four to six weeks if it was a very bad pull. Yeah, they they were uh, described it as a moderate hamstring injury, and he was carted off of the practice field. So to me, that sounds. It's kind of similar to McLaurin, where that's something that's going to linger if you, you know, try to rush back and play through it. Uh, so I would expect Judy for sure, I would say, to probably miss some time, which is good for me because in the Dynasty League, I just uh, drafted Cortland Sutton. Yeah, Cortland Sutton getting a little more uh, wide receiver one share now with uh, Judy probably going to miss some time. Yeah, like I said, on a, on a shit offense, but... The offense should be better. I think the Broncos will actually be better, especially you know Sean Payton has always had tricks up his sleeve. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's it can't be worse. And they got they've got pieces. You know they got 
Russell Wilson has too many weapons to suck that bad again. So we'll see. Another wide receiver, Corey Davis, doesn't really impact your fantasy. He was going to, going undrafted. Uh, abruptly retired at 28. Didn't have like a crazy injury history or anything like that. So that was uh, surprising. But he, uh, you know, bounced around with shitty quarterbacks his whole career and gets Aaron Rodgers. And I guess said, nah, fuck it. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with having a good quarterback. Uh, it could just be, it most likely is just, I'm not as good as these other guys around me and I'm not about to be a fucking practice squad guy. So I'm out. Top five pick. Crazy. Yeah, that happens. We'll go on to Chase Claypool, probably definitely wide receiver three of the unproven Chicago Bears. He will reportedly be ready for week one after his hamstring pool. Uh, he, pr- I don't think he played any of this preseason, and that's a guy that's struggling that needs reps. Um, you know, he's going in the 18th round in, in ADP, and – I think that that's about where he belongs. I think he's definitely a great dart throw. He still has a high ceiling, but man, it, uh, he's not stacking dubs right now. That's for sure. So he's he's beneath, he's in the basement right now. Uh, he's not he's below the floor still. So you are throwing a dart if you uh, have any interest in Claypool. Uh, he should be very cheap on DFS though, and that's actually I think he's a pretty good dart throw target in DFS to to plug and play here to start um or not to start the season but after a few weeks of him sucking i think he'll he'll uh, eventually have a couple weeks where he can get it together you got anything on that i i have no like like you said it's a, it's a dart throw I, him and mooney both i think you know dj Moore probably Still has some value, but that offense is just gonna be so unpredictable. They could be great, like they could be. The Bears could be good this year if Fields looks good, or he could throw seven passes a game again, and none of them have any any value. So definitely worth the risk if you want to get one of them guys in your last round. But I have no idea what to expect. I don't think the Bears have any idea what to expect. Uh, the Bears think they're going to be very good. The Bears just think that they are going to go from three wins to playoffs. Duh, Bears. Yeah, I don't know. Well, one team that I do think will be competitive is the Seattle Seahawks. And a tough loss on the offense here with, uh, oh, God, what's what's his name? Smith and Jigba. Yeah, yeah but his yeah, Jackson. I lost it. Uh, I knew it. Jackson Smith in Jigba. Uh, wrist surgery. I believe it's the scaphoid with the foosh falling on outstretched arm. And that can be a long recovery. Uh, not We've talked about scaphoid fractures before. Not a lot of blood flow to the area. Could lead to slow healing. Now he's going to have the best health care on the West Coast. So, you know. It should be fine. It should be a month, but um, sometimes the best the best um, treatments and modalities uh, cannot get this to heal um, without some setbacks and things of that nature. So it's a tough it's a tough rehab, is what I'm saying for for scaphoid fracture. Um, 
you got any any ideas on when you think oh, they're you saying yeah they didn't give a lot of details um you know what specifically there was some kind of fracture and they went in and stabilized something or cleaned up something their timeline that they're saying is three to four weeks uh which you know i would think would be on the on the on the shorter end uh could be a couple weeks longer I, I wasn't huge on him this year to begin with so, you know a crowded receiver room with a uh, locket and metcalf there already and it's not like a crazy pass heavy offense uh so not a lot of fantasy value to go around uh We'll see. I expect him to miss probably about a month of the season. You know, if it's a league where, you know, you 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 potentially going to have him as a keeper into next year. Like if you if you're going to get him as a late round pick next year, but I don't think he's got a whole lot of. I, I wouldn't reach on him, uh, just for the reasons I already said. Not. I don't think that he, there's going to be enough of a target share to go around. I think he's going to have a very good rookie year, and he's going to be a um one of the top finishing rookie wide receivers i mean but he's going early like he's going fifth mid mid rounds yeah like fifth round like that's crazy to me um that's not like that's metcalf value for a guy who hasn't played a snap and is gonna probably miss a month of time now it's been it's been backed up by camp reports though and he did look good in both of his preseason games. So he's, he's proven he belongs on the NFL field. So yes, fifth round is a bit of an overreaction by the market, but um, it's a sexy pick. And if it hits, you're gonna, you're gonna get a rush of dopamine for, (laughs) for that one. So I, I understand why it's, he is a little maybe overvalued, but it's not a stupid pick. I don't think. I've definitely, especially best ball, best ball. He's a great fifth. He's like definitely worth it. Fifth round in best ball because he could have huge boom weeks. But um, if he's game plan for the team, but yeah, I don't think I will definitely not targeting him in the fifth round in either of my redrafts this year. I much rather have Tyler Lockett, uh, probably my favorite Seahawk receiver for fantasy this year. His brother plays for the Pirates, and he was, he was cheese. Mm. He got uh, got sent back down to AAA. Ooh. The <laughs> Pirates are still tied three to three. I think. I think it's like the eighth. Um, T.J. Hawkinson, ear infection. He's missed the last two weeks, which is you know half a camp. Uh, he's a very good player, but that's still you know. You want to get into game shape. This is your month to get into game shape. And when you're just sitting there with an ear infection, two weeks seems like a long time for an ear infection to heal, too. That that seems like the antibiotics didn't work at first and uh, a lot of suffering. Probably won't play this weekend either, so he won't have any preseason snaps. I would expect a, a, a slow start from him, but he's he is a go-to guy on that team. For sure, so I'm not worried about his value at all. Uh, but if you're gonna, I will finish with if you're gonna draft him early in because he's going the fourth round, I believe. Um, you know, if you're gonna draft him early, you're gonna need another tight end to start the season, I think, because I think he starts slow. So, uh, anything before we go on to running back? Nah, I, I concur. I'm not, I wouldn't, uh, 
I don't. I'm not. It's certainly a weird headline, but I, I'm, it's not hurting his fantasy value for me. Yeah. So uh, for running back situation, the only thing I know, I mean, Cordell Patterson is still out with an undisclosed injury, and it's been like three weeks now, and he's got no. They have no time of saying when he's coming back. Um, that's weird. That's a very weird thing to have undisclosed injury and also say we don't know. So uh, the only other thing of note I had was obviously the Jonathan Taylor trade. I don't think anyone's giving up a first round for him. That would be very silly, I think, to do. That would be a bad move. But uh, who knows? In the meantime, Deion Jackson and... Zach Moss are still going in the uh, 18th round, 17th, 18th rounds of best ball. And uh, I believe even for redraft, I think either of those guys are huge value. Um, They might still sign Kareem Hunt. Who knows? But they haven't done anything yet. And at least to start the first few weeks of the season, you're basically getting an RB1 of a team in the last pick of the draft even if it's only for a couple of weeks, um, they're still obviously going to, at worst, get knocked down to RB2. I think Deion Jackson has a better chance of um, obviously being that guy because Zach Moss is out with a broken arm. Um, and his week, He's probably out week one, but he'll probably be back by – ouch. He'll probably be back by week two or three. So – um really they're they're either one of those guys are are last round picks and they're going to be split in the backfield probably to start the season. Okay, you can uh you can finish up our segment here. Yeah. Pick up uh Kareem Hunt regardless. I don't care if he's not on the team yet. He's going to go somewhere. Uh yeah, then the last headline is uh Donald Trump out he might just get hit with the Rico. So Seen some funny, some funny mugshot memes going around. I threw that in the middle of our injury news, which uh, threw uh, threw Steve off a little bit. Uh, gonna be a interesting year of election things. That's yeah. all I got. I got nothing else. Um, it's all it's all a game. We're all just pawns in the big elitist game. Sucks. <laughs> I am currently looking for a draw of the week, and that's what we're about to get into, draw of the week. Obviously, I do not have one yet, so Danny, give us your draw of the week, and will Messi make it to the will, – will Messi get Miami to the playoffs and win the uh, MLS Cup? Win the MLS Cup? No. If you told me a month ago – could they get to the playoffs? I'd say no. They're they're too far out of it, and there's not enough time. And I still think there probably is not enough time. But man, they might. They have. I mean, they have a sh- They have a chance. You know, to get that last uh, last playoff spot or something. I still don't. I, I wouldn't put your money on it. I certainly wouldn't bet on Miami to win the MLS Cup because the odds are just way too inflated because of people betting on it. And the odds of them even making the playoffs, let alone winning it, 
is a stretch. But obviously, the uh, you know the Barcelona trio that came over is just absolutely tearing it up. It's freaking been fun to watch. So I wouldn't. I, I I'm not gonna write it off. It's it's a, a daunting task. But if they get it done, then that's that's wild. My draw of the week. I got some English Premier League action for you Sunday morning. Newcastle, Liverpool, two of the heavyweights for the season. I just think it ends in a draw. Plus two eighty on FanDuel. Go, go hammer it. And a, probably a high scoring draw, a fun draw. You walk away, Ooh. you walk away not mad about a tie. Two two three three. You know, yeah. goal, same goal game parlay. Same game parlay. Draw both teams to score and over two and a half goals. Yeah. Okay. Or over three and a half goals, I guess. At that point, you might as well just bet two-two draw or three-three draw. <laughs> but but uh, okay, I got one uh, MLS Saturday night Atlanta United uh, home against Nashville SC. That's a two plus two fifty like that. I believe I believe right. They still do for MLS the home the home team is on top. Yeah, first team first team's the home team. Yeah, so yeah, Atlanta home for Nashville. We'll do that. And I see Charlotte FC. Both teams are pretty even there against LAFC. Um, not not gonna touch that. Charlotte at home though. I like I like Charlotte at home. So maybe Charlotte tie no bet is plus one fifteen or the draw. I don't know. I wish they had the team's records on FanDuel. I think that that's kind of bullshit. It's not like it's giving me valuable information to like not place a bet send an angry email hit them with it <sighs> whatever well what let, let's do let's do our nfl um seasonal picks and then we will do week zero college football lock of the week since we always usually end with a, a lock um so I have I have a, a list already, Danny. Do you have? Did you add any? No, no, no. I was looking at other shit. You you start rattling some stuff off. I'll give some over unders. Well, what we gave out way back in I think right after the draft or or something, um, late spring, we gave out Falcons under eight and a half, and I stand by it. Um, although the Bucks and the Panthers are two bad teams in their division, um, I don't think, you know, I think B. John Robinson's going to be amazing. And I think he's going to have a, a rookie of, he's a uh, my favorite in lock for rookie of the year. But I still, one guy can't, can't do it all. And they're basically going to have to win in shootouts, I think. So. Yeah, uh, Falcons under eight and a half. Also, the uh, my other one of my top ones here, Broncos under eight and a half. Already talked about in the injury news segment how the Broncos are going to start slow. They're still learning Sean Payton's uh, philosophy scheme and um, getting used to each other in in that environment because they were dog shit last year. And it's like you had to basically rebuild you know, your, your entire culture in the, in Denver. And that takes time. And that usually does translate to a slow start. 
And so, you know, the Broncos to start slow in the division that they're in, Chargers, Raiders, and Chiefs, um, that's too tough to start slow. So under eight and a half. And then to switch, you know what? And to stick with that division, I have Raiders over five and a half wins. Jimmy G's been to fucking two NFC championship games, and he's got still a top four receiver in the league now with Devontae Adams. The O-line's not great, but it's good. And the defense is good enough. Uh, but but don't don't disrespect fucking Jimmy G and Devontae Adams like that. It I guess this does depend to if um Josh Jacobs actually plays or not, or if he just holds out all year. But I think even if Josh Jacobs came back week four or something, I I still really like that over five and a half for the Raiders. And then I will go to the Panthers, the NFC side of the ball. Panthers under seven and a half. Frank Wright always has slow start historically. And with this rookie quarterback and a fair offensive line, I think it's going to be a long year in Charlotte. And under seven and a half seems like a very smart thing. Again, I looked at their schedule too. Not the easiest schedule. Um, And Bryce Young, I don't see him being durable for 17 games well which and then you know uh what was it it's carson paul no um carson palmer andy andy dalton (laughs) yeah man i'm just it's been a long day all right next rep don't don't say here feel sorry for ourselves next rep uh cowboys under 10 and a half wins Dak and uh, CD Tony Pollard. I don't see it. I don't see a. I don't see eleven wins in the in a good, pretty good NFC East. Uh, at least a competitive three other competitive teams. Um, commanders are kind of booty, but still not the easiest schedule either as i believe they fit they finished second place last year so they're playing all the second place teams uh under here um but i'm just gonna say right now i have a feeling they're gonna win on thanksgiving uh so i should look ahead and see what that line is thanksgiving um and then you know i think we'll both agree here steelers over eight and a half minus 150 um, I rather take them at over nine at minus one ten because I'd rather push than lose and save the juice. Yeah, I'm I'm not touching the Steelers. I'm t- I, I nailed them the last two years when they were counted out this year. Like, there's way too much hype on them now at this point I, that I don't trust Mike Tomlin, especially with the line moving to minus one fifty. I'm not touching them. I think they will, but I'm not. I'm not touching them. I know the Steelers, but there's a lot of sharp money coming in on that over. I uh, yeah. I don't hate. I don't hate any of those. Uh, the, uh, the Bronco. The, I, I like the Broncos to be better this year. So I'd I'd, I'd bet them over all the other ones. I can well, see. Well, I mean, Raiders, they have four wins. I love. I love the Raiders. 
uh, FanDuel's giving me six and a half, but the over six and a half is still they're still plus plus one hundred eight. So I'd even put the Raiders at six and a half and, and take the plus money. A couple that I just rattled off: the Lions under nine and a half. I I love the Lions. I love Dan Campbell. I hope they do awesome. But to, just to, to bet on the Lions to win ten games. Just feels like I'm betting on like the Browns to win ten games. Like it just it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit right with me. So I'm taking the Lions under nine and a half. Uh, the Colts. I think the Colts are going to be terrible. Don't know if they have Jonathan Taylor or not. Under six and a half. I'm taking that one. I think if Minshew was in there, I would feel more comfortable with them winning some games. But I think Anthony Richardson's going to struggle. I think he'll be a good fantasy quarterback because he'll have crazy rushing numbers. But I don't see him, you know, throwing the ball well for the first part of the season, at least. I think it'll be a, an adjustment for a, a guy that's so raw like that. So I'm taking the Colts under six and a half. I think the Colts are going to be pretty bad. Even in a weak division, I don't like the Colts. The New York football Giants over seven and a half feels kind of disrespectful to them after the gritty season they pulled off last year, getting a playoff win, all that. You know, obviously they weren't blowing teams out and the best squad on paper, but uh, brought back most of the team, made some made some moves, just uh, beefed up the line, brought in Isaiah Simmons for a seventh-round pick. Might be a low-risk, high-reward situation there. I like the Lions to kind of keep it rolling. Or not the Lions, the Giants to kind of keep it rolling a little bit. Then my last one, Tampa Bay over six and a half. I actually – I think Baker Mayfield is going to have a decent year. I think he's someone you can kind of keep an eye on or maybe scoop if you if you need a quarterback. Like if you if you didn't hit on the big wave of quarterbacks in your in your draft, he's someone you can look at in the last round. He's still throwing to Godwin and Mike Evans, uh, even if it's the kind of Jameis Winston five thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, thirty picks season. I think there will be stats to go around. Playing in a weak division, though, I think they'll be able to rattle off some wins. So I, I, I take the Bucks over six and a half. I think it's the most stable situation Baker's been in, so I, I feel like they can win seven, eight games, especially in a weak division. I, I think so as well. I, I, Baker definitely has the potential to do that and surprise, surprise you. I would. I think you might be better off just betting them as underdogs every week and just trying to catch a streak because to win seven games, you're going to have to win three, four in a row. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't absolutely hate that. Down there and light it up, but, you know, 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, I think is well, very reasonable. They they start against the Vikings and then they play the Bears. Like they could they could be one and one uh there. They could uh even be two and oh there. Um but then they play the Eagles, uh Saints, Lions, Falcons, Bills. Uh, I mean they can beat the Falcons. They can definitely beat the Saints, like split with the Saints. Um Panthers twice and the and the Falcons twice. They can, you know, even I mean, say they, they three. Can, they can, I mean, they can go four and two, five and one in the division. Easy. And they, they alone play the Colts, Titans. Titans should be pretty good, though. Texans, Texans though. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I can. I can see it. I can see it. But it was disrespectful for a back-to-back division champ. Wow, I mean, those were different rosters. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, that and that's obviously Tom Brady team, completely different thing. But it's, it's not like, not like this is the worst team in the league. No, I there's way better values for for uh, least wins in the season. That's for sure. Than the the Bucks are favored. I think so. Um, well, okay, I I think that's that's good for now. Wet the beak. Let's do our the, – these week zero locks of the week here don't count against any um, records. If you have any suggestions for what we should do for um, our podcast picks um, to see who does better than one another, uh, tweet us at Return to Play Pod. I don't know if uh, Big Papa Jimmy is going to be on the pod or not this season. Um if I had to guess, I'd say no, but you know, who knows? I asked them I asked them to maybe try and come on next week for our seasonal picks, but um I doubt it. Let's get into <laughs> draw our fuck. Hashtag lock of the week, the week zero lock of the week, which I'm gonna start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip off the uh, the old Danny's poll again on Twitter. I'll, I'll drop the. I gotta look at some of the analytics. Look at some returning starters. <laughs> I'll give you my week zero rankings. It's one of my favorite things of uh, last year. Arguing with people on there. So get on there, argue with me. I'll tell you why you're wrong. Week zero, my lock of the week, which I put a profit boost on DraftKings on it yesterday when they were plus one. And they are currently minus one, so I don't know what made it made it swing, but I like the the UTEP Miners at Jacksonville State. They're gonna ruin Jacksonville State's one uh, A FBS, whatever you want to call it these days. Their their first game of being in the in the FBS, the Miners are gonna come around, spoil it a little bit. So I'm just gonna say take the money line because they're minus one but the money line is just minus uh one 114 i think yeah well, now so, they're minus one and a half fuck the hell's going on so yeah just take that money line get the old uh old miners the or if you're feeling froggy take the minus one and a half i don't care i got it the plus one though but my log of the week is the money line uh, not my lock of the week, but I'm just going to throw in the over 53.5 on that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be uh, my pick. And kind of tempting to take Hawaii after the fires and everyone's losing their home to the government. Oh, I talked about, I talked about taking the uh, Vandy over 3.5 wins and freaking... Mother Nature, got to do, yeah. do this to me. No. You know, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to do Hawaii plus 17 and a half as my lock of the week. I was going to give out um, Navy plus 20 and a half, but I don't love that. Uh, that's just where the sharp money is right now is on Navy. If really? you take that oh, for what you- Dude, no, I'm big on Notre Dame this year with Sam Hartman. Notre Dame's gonna be good. Uh, yeah, not, that's like, why. not like contender good, but they're gonna be like, you know, 
yeah top 10 team i mean they're minus they're are they 13th in the country right now um there is a 20 percent differential between the bets and the money um on navy no it's uh it's the sharp the sharp play is is navy and the under because if you're going to take a heavy dog that means the under can't hit either so you could take either of those things navy or the under but my lock is going to have to be hawaii Vandy, Vandy beat them by like sixty last year. So seventeen. Oh, this is a this like is a, a natural disaster. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah. That's the that's the the Saints, Steve Gleason blocking the Katrina kick type of type of thing for sure. But um, they there is some Action Network model that is um, promoting the Hawaii line as well. Small sample size though. Well, I think that about does it. Fairly short and sweet episode. Um, Here, though. Time. Yeah, next week we will come at you with a probable much longer episode of our seasonal picks. And my social media research is done. I don't know when we're going to record it. It's kind of late now. We both have to work in the morning. uh, So... Probably not tonight, but it is complete, and we will do a separate. Um, we'll do a special edition education uh, pod. Maybe we'll we'll try to put that on the YouTube with um with a PowerPoint in the background. That'd be boring. <laughs> um, we pretty we we need webcams pretty much to take this thing to the next level, and the soundboard. But Jimmy has been zero help in that department, so. Fuck you, Jim. Well, uh, no matter what you're doing, I'm sure I have a draft this weekend. And <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of you have drafts coming up here this weekend. Or obviously, Danny and I's league is Labor Day Monday. But if you're drafting, if you're grilling, it's going to be hot out there. Maybe go for a swim. Get, get your shit done because college football starts next week starts for real next week oh i can't wait i can't wait for game day and then to angrily tweet about pollock not being on game day um yeah i'll be in charlotte north carolina south carolina in charlotte that night as well Ooh, bro i'd go to that game well penn state west virginia is on at the same time so um, yeah, yeah i would I would not go to that game. Stripe out. Doing the stripe out. They lose this game. What? So why, why, Three why? touchdown favorite. I know, but this scheduling these games pisses me off. I mean, they're ass, but, like, I mean, we should. Listen, if, if uh, Drew Aller can't beat West Virginia, then, you know, he ain't ready yet. Anyway. He's a class above West Virginia, you know, so. Our whole team is our whole our whole draft. The whole um, recruiting class is better than West Virginia. So, like on paper, we should win. So, if we don't win, then we weren't ready for this season anyway. In my opinion, Drew but, Aller Heisman odds. <laughs> find this Heisman, dude. Michael Penix is way up there. Uh, all the disrespect for my boy. Bo Nix is eighteen to one. That's a, a donation. A Drew Aller twenty five to one. 
Honestly, not the worst, not the worst uh, way to spend a nickel. Oh, I passed. I went way past him. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. He's way there. Okay. They're giving him some respect. Drake May's only Drake May's plus eighteen hundred. Drew Ellers plus twenty five hundred. So that's really very respectful, honestly. So okay, okay. I was hoping he would be a little lower than that. Throw two bucks on it. Five would win you one twenty five. It ain't gonna happen. So but ten to win two fifty. I would do that. I would put a, a LBs. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be Caleb Williams. Well, you know what? Just take Caleb Williams heavy. It's not be Caleb Williams again, but you don't think? Well, we'll find out. I don't know shit about Ooh. college football. Like right, give I, me, give me your <laughs> your futures Heisman pick. And you can't say to Caleb Williams. You can, then you're lame for taking the, the favorite. Um, not really knowing any of these guys. Quinn Ewers, 12-1. Okay, okay. He beats Bama. I like, ooh, man. I like. I do like Drake May at that plus 1,800. I thought he should have had way more consideration last year. If they beat, because South Carolina is actually going to be good this year, and the ACC sucks. So you if like? I was they, gonna bet South Carolina next they, week. If they, I think South Carolina wins that game because South Carolina is actually gonna be pretty good this year. They were pretty good last. They were kind of under the radar team last year. Finished nine and four. Finished ranked. Um, Spencer Rattler should be better, but if UNC goes in there and wins week one, they'll probably end up ranked. And then they're playing the ACC, which is trash. Let me let me look at their schedule. I mean, Drake May freaking had crazy stupid stats last year. Should have probably been the Heisman runner-up, in my opinion. They play App State, Minnesota at home. Minnesota lost a lot. Pittsburgh gonna suck. Q's sucks. Florida's Miami sucks. Virginia sucks. Tech sucks. Campbell sucks. Duke at home sucks. So literally at Clemson, dude. They might if they win that first game, they might legit go eleven and one, ten and two. Drake May, Drake May, plus eighteen hundred. That's my pick. And it can all come crashing down to this weekend. <laughs> um, oh no, that's the second. That's the that's the actual week one. Yeah. Uh, next Thursday, Florida, Utah. Give me Utah. Is that is at Utah this year? I thought it was a neutral site, but it might be at Utah. Oh, uh, because they played at the Swamp last year, and okay, Utah won a heartbreaker or lost the heartbreaker. Trying to find the. Ooh, that's a Thursday night game. Oh yeah, yeah. minus four and a half. Yeah. Um... Cam Rising. Ooh, what is Cam Rising's Heisman odds? He's probably like plus five thousand. betting on Florida. That yeah, give me be- Utah. Might not be a bad pick. Cam Rising plus eight thousand. I'm putting one dollar and twenty four cents on Cam Rising to win the Heisman. <laughs> All right. Well, we went a little bit longer. Um, disregard me saying ten minutes ago we had a short episode. <laughs> and uh, all right. Well, I'm not gonna waste any more time. Stay healthy, America. <laughs>